In this episode of Physically Spiritual, I have a conversation with Sue Soha. We explore holistic healing from a Catholic perspective, weight management, eating disorders, and her approach to leading women to greater integration in Christ. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I'm captivated by discovering the truth about my body and how it reveals the love of God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Well, welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. I had a blessed opportunity a couple months ago to share with on the SoulCore Leaders Forum, their kind of ongoing formation for their leaders with SoulCore. And after that, so you reached out to me and just shared about what you're doing, some of your own story. Um, and I'm just excited to share your story with the audience here and that they can find out um, about what you're doing with the Holy Healed community and your upcoming Keto Shift course. So we'll have, I'll have links in the show notes with that, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. But if you're interested in any of that, just know it's in the show notes. But with that, um, I know what you do in, in so many facets of what you do. You're, you're a professional physical therapist. You lead soul core classes. You have this Holy Healed community. Um, you have all these different facets of really um, helping people through physical healing, but in an integrated way with your Catholic faith too. Uh, so as I see that, I, I'm just curious of like what in your story led you to this point of, of wanting to like share this kind of integrated vision in Christ with the people that you encounter? Well, I guess it helps to try to divide my life into a spiritual background mm-hmm. and then a physical slash mental health background. So first, I'll start with the spiritual, since we're all created spiritual bodies as well. Um, I grew up Episcopal. My parents um, always went to church every Sunday, and we came with my sister and I. I'm five years older than her. And um, we moved around a lot, so I got to experience many different... Every four years, we would move, so I went to a different Episcopal church. and. By the time I got to high school, I was um, in a new, another new town in North Carolina, and I developed a close friendship with a woman who was, had a Pentecostal holiness background. So I had a lot of church tradition and a lot of smells and bells, as they call it in the Episcopal church. And then um, with her, experience. I learned more how to pray deeply Mm. and to um, trust in the Holy Spirit. And um, that became a, uh, and reading the scripture and memorizing scripture that became very um, important to me. So I had a nice blend of, of, you know, the two um, Mm -hmm. Protestant faiths. And then I, um, began leading youth groups for the um, high school when I went off to college, my uh, college youth group. And then when I got to my first real physical therapy job, I lived out in San Diego and I was the youth leader of the Episcopal high school group there, as well as becoming a member of a young adult ministry there. Then I met my husband. Well, I didn't know he was going to be my husband, but I met my a man who was Catholic, and he introduced me to the Catholic faith. 
And I always knew that um, Episcopal was kind of Catholic light. But over the years, my heart had been changed quite a bit to more of the social teachings of the Catholic Church. And I felt fell deeply in love with how um, the theology of the body and the, um, the care of all creation and people, um, it just felt more uh, aligned with me. And I ended up going through RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, and became confirmed into the Catholic Church in San Diego um, when I was, I want to say, 26. And then we moved uh, to be close to um, my husband's parents in um, Florida because they were aging and had some health issues. So I um, began attending Mass at um, a church in Atlanta and um, just loved the Catholic Church, was teaching, um, we taught little kids from kindergarten age all the way fourth grade, then we did ninth grade, um, you know, CCD class, I think they called it back in the day. <laughs> and um, I just continued going to Bible studies and I, uh, you know, did all sorts of spiritual growth activities with, with women and with, um, with my husband, we did, um, a worldwide marriage encounter ministry at our church and just continued to grow in my faith, learning Hmm. all sorts of, um, things about the Catholic church. I, um, I want to pause there real quick. Cause Mm -hmm. like, as you go through that story of like that faith side, it's like, in a sense, you like checked all the boxes, right? Like you were, you were involved in the church from a young age. You, you were leading the youth group. You were uh, becoming Catholic. Then you, you, you continued that kind of ministry mindset in the church. Um, and I, and I guess uh, a lot of people or some of the people in the audience might relate to that of like, you know, you've, you've been faithful your whole life to some extent, you're, you're involved in all this stuff in the church. If the random person on the street looked at you from the outside, they'd probably think, well, she's got it all together, right? Like, like, like Sue is just fine. Like she's walking in Christ. She's flourishing in Christ. Um, and, and I want to shift now to like that physical side of your story mm-hmm. or, and, and some of the emotional elements there too. Cause, um, cause I, I think your life, um, is beautiful and unique, but also speaks to other people's lives too. Because <laughs> a lot of people in the pews, they show up and people think like, well, they've got it all together. They're fine. But underneath the surface, we all have struggles. We all have difficulties. We all have pain. Um, so I was wondering if you would like shift on the other side a little bit, just so people can get a sense of like that, the contrast of like what yeah. that, that kind of public life of faith looked like compared to like what was going on under the surface? Yes. And for sure, there is the, a lot of times I, I say I had the check the box type. Mm. I did all the things, but yeah. was I, was I truly feeling love? You know, was I truly feeling that I am worthy? You know, all mm. those things. Yeah. So inside, um, I did have quite a few struggles and that's, yes, the, the physical and the mental aspect of my life. And, you know, it's very hard to separate the three. So being the older daughter of um, 
my parents. I had that firstborn perfectionistic, always type A, doing everything right, people pleasing, thinking it was so important to be in good physical shape. I never wanted to get fat. You know, I, I looked at um, my mother who had told me that she didn't start gaining weight until she had kids. And then I thought, Ooh, I don't know if I want to have kids if that's what makes you fat. And <laughs> I just, yeah. I stressed out about being in good shape all the time. So, you know, I took dance classes from kindergarten through high school. I would run or walk with friends. I was on swim team. I did aerobics classes. I played tennis. I, you know, I just did very much many active things, and I was a little concerned about um, what I ate, um, although, you know, I was pretty lucky. I don't think I had, um, like, a slow metabolism growing up, so I was okay with that. It wasn't like genetics, whereas my sister, I think, would always complain that she felt like, you know, she didn't. Um, have a fast metabolism. So there was a comparison in body types and looks yeah. and things like that. So um, I knew that I was a little different, you know, than my sister and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And my mom um, was very loving and everything, but, you know, she would all, she would give us um, compliments and I strived for those compliments and I wanted yeah. to be perfect. Um, you know, as I, I don't know. I guess I can go on to say when I went to college, I um, did the typical um, freshman 15 gaining, mm, yeah. <laughs> eating pizza. And I worked in a sweet shop with these delicious cookies that were fresh made. And I would always, you know, nibble on that and ice cream and um, came home that summer after freshman year and I decided I was going to do what had worked for my mom, which was go to Weight Watchers. And I lost 20 pounds doing that. And I was very proud of myself feeling very, you know, ready to tackle the sophomore year, came back to college and my roommates were sitting around, you know, getting food out of the vending machine. And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't eat like that anymore. You know, I just need to, but they were like, Oh, come on. It was like almost peer pressure, like come join us. And I ate a few candy bars and I just felt sick. And that hmm. started a whole cycle of being um, bulimic. And so I had an, an I had just hmm. maybe not for long, but it took me a while, about three or four months when I said enough is enough, like there's something wrong with this picture, I need to get not be like this anymore. So I went yeah. to get help. I went to a group therapy of um, other women on campus. And I learned that I had um, some control issues, put it that way. Mm. <laughs> that yeah. Everything stemmed in, with control and, you know, you, you just have to, um, let go and let God. And so that was my journey of, of, of really, um, kind of struggling with an addiction of sorts and trying mm -hmm. to figure out that journey of, of healthy, um, mental health. And, yeah. and spiritual health too, because I think the two are so entwined. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because um, like it, it's interesting when we lay bare like the, the plain like motivations of our heart, you know, like mm -hmm. 
like things like being involved in sports or, or whether or not you want to have children or things like that. There's, there are subtle ways the heart drives us. Mm-hmm. And like that recognition of, um, you know, that mix of like, on one hand, like a fear, like a fear of gaining weight and, and probably like whatever implications that can mean if like attractiveness or value or mm-hmm. worth or, or, or whatever, like whatever was underneath that in your culture mixed with then this drive for control right, of a need to control your life, control your environment. Like I'm not safe. I'm not okay if I'm not in control, mm-hmm. right? And, and how how that really mingled together then in that space of now being in college, which is a really disorienting thing. Like we, I think we really underestimate like of being torn out of your family, torn out of your tribe, set into a new place. Like it's very like physiologically, emotionally, spiritually disorienting. It's full of loneliness. Um, like how that mingled together in your life to then, then you have this, this thing, which we give a name to bulimia, right? Mm-hmm. This eating disorder. But on the other hand, like it's, that's a symptom of like all this other stuff going on under the surface Exactly. of like the lies you believe, the trauma you would experience, the, the et cetera, et cetera, like all those roots. Um, and then, uh, praise God, like, you know, pretty, pretty soon after that disease manifesting, then you being able to to start to find like some healing in that, that long, I'm sure long journey now yeah. of it's one thing just to like stop the behavior, yeah. right. Deal with the symptom. It's another thing to like address those roots. Right. Um, so I'm curious what like that deeper journey has looked like uh, in the last years. Yeah. So the, those roots, they, they're deep and um, mm. you know, I, I, I've had some health issues and I I do believe that whatever happens to you as a child and young adult, they continue on and you, you have to address them. And, um, one thing I, um, discovered was that I, um, after having my first child, I was diagnosed with celiac disease Mm. and, that is an autoimmune condition where you are sensitive to gluten. And I had to grieve the loss of, of what, you know, was a normal comfort foods or whatever. And I um, went to see a, a holistic practitioner who also had celiac disease and her daughter had it. And so she knew everything there was to know. She was like a very scientific um, studied all the chemical reactions and knew what supplements to take and everything. So I learned how to physically heal from celiac disease, which also, um, you know, I had to grieve the loss of not only gluten, but eventually dairy and soy, which soy is in everything like salad dressing, mayonnaise, everything, um, (laughs) that you buy. So it's processed. So I had to grieve the loss of prepackaged foods and, you know, easy convenience and going out to eat at, you know, just a fast food restaurant and stuff like that. So it, it was quite a journey to, cause I really wanted to heal my body. I wanted to do it right. You know, I do believe my body is a temple and I, I, I want to be the best version of myself. So I had to really, um, do the research and do the work it took. And, um, fast forward to having my third child, um, 
I had a really horrible um, experience where um, he was eight days old and I started hemorrhaging. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew that I have a, a head of history with my first son with hemorrhaging um, postpartum, but it was immediately in the delivery room. But this was different. This was like something I'd never experienced before. And um, my eight, my, uh, my, my son who had a stomach twisted um, intestine and a stomach had to have surgery the day before. So I spent the night in the hospital with him and then came home. My, my husband took turns. And so it was his turn to be home or to be with the baby and my turn to be home. And that's when the hemorrhage started. Yeah. So that, um, you know, I ended up losing consciousness and the, um, you know, the ambulance had to come and I didn't know this until after I talked to the doctor in the ER, but she told me that she tried everything to stop the bleeding and nothing was working. All the things that she'd learned to do. And then she said, eventually she said, um, I'm just going to pray. And she Mm. prayed and the bleeding stopped. (laughs) And I get emotional thinking about that because if she hadn't prayed, I might not be here today. Yeah. So, um, that was, uh, that was a turning point in my life. And I was like, I'm supposed to be here. (laughs) I have a purpose (laughs) and, um, and God is real and God cares about me, you know? And, um, and I had another experience too, where God, um, you know, he showed himself to me in, in, in various ways. And I Mm. feel like whenever times got hard, um, and then I'm going to share a few little situations that happened and then of, of experiences with God and then how I really had to lean on his comfort and love and, um, and understanding. And he knew me inside and out and all the things that I needed to know and that I had worth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was still striving, even, even at this point, you know, having my third child, I was still internally striving to be perfect and, you know, um, check the boxes and all the things. Um, But when I was the summer of my, between high school senior year and freshman year, I was in a car accident. And I feel so fortunate because I had this experience, even though it was a horrible experience, I flipped my car upside down in a ditch and hanging by my seatbelt. And I had stitches for my chin, glass in my hair, tore my medial collateral ligament, my knee and all these things. But the blessings came from it twofold. One was the fact that there was a man who came to meet me immediately after I flipped my car. When I opened my eyes, he was there. And he was very well dressed and he told me his name and he said, what's your name? And I said, you know, Susan, at the time I went by Susan, <laughs> I told him my last name and he was, he was like, oh yeah, you go to my church. And I th- said, oh, okay. I haven't seen you there. Cause it's a very small church, but, um, but he stayed with me throughout the time when the ambulance came and everything. And, um, he checked me out, like in terms of my legs, like, did I have, um, he pressed my feet, you know, to push against to see if I had spinal cord injury. I didn't know at the time what it was, but yeah. he did that. He had me squeeze his hand, 
you know, to see if my arms were working and everything. And I just, I had peace during that time. And afterwards I went, you know, I talked to my pastor and there was no man like that. (laughs) And he never showed up at church. And so I just had to believe that he was my guardian angel that had come to give me comfort during that horrible time. But then the blessing from that um, accident was that I learned about physical therapy, the profession that I would Mm. eventually have because I had to go to PT for rehab for my knee. I looked around and I thought, wow, this is a great job for me because I don't want a desk job and I can be active and I can help. I feel like um, my whole life I'd kind of been pointing towards a healing profession, but I, you know, I didn't know what it would be. I I knew I didn't want to be a a doctor or a nurse because I didn't like blood. (laughs) So I thought the body is closed. Like I can deal with that. And so, so that experience um, really helped shape me into not only knowing that God cared for me again, but also what, what his purpose for me was. Mm. And I was able to, um, to experience that firsthand. And I don't think a lot of people get that gift. That was a huge blessing in my life. So I always um, have that to, to go back on. And then to kind of go fast forward, the experience where I needed him the most was after I had a fourth pregnancy and it um, ended in miscarriage. And Mm -hmm. I experienced again, another hemorrhage, um, with that. And, um, at that point I was really in a bad place, um, emotionally because of the miscarriage. Like it was, I found out later after the fact it was a baby girl and I just, I grieved so much. I, I, I just really was so down. I lost so much blood. I had horrible headaches and I, I physically felt horrible. I mentally felt horrible. Spiritually, I just was on my knees. And that was what broke me, where I was like, I need God. I cannot do without him. And it changed me from a check the box Christian to a, what I think is like a true faith, like Christian. (laughs) But all those other experiences through my life helped to get me in a place where I could reach out and grab onto him and let him hold Mm. me. Yeah. So, so that's the deeper, you know, through the trauma and the experiences of, of those seemingly bad things, it gave me a stronger faith that I, I know is real and I know helps me. And I had to let go. I had no control. I had no control of my body. I had no control of my baby's body. Mm-hmm. Like I had not nothing. And so uh, that was that was a turning point. And I really started to feel like, yes, I've been a pediatric physical therapist, but it was another point of where women's ministry, like I really wanted to pour into women and um, connect with them and, and nurture them and, um, and empathize with, I guess, women. So it was kind of a women and children became my new um, area of where I wanted to, help heal. Yeah. Well, it's, it's beautiful how, you know, like the, the stuff from your childhood that led to that sense of needing control, needing perfectionism, which were then you think of like that, that symptom of the eating disorder, mm-hmm. but then now like in your walk of faith, how like the Lord is using 
all these difficult things in his cross to then, uh, in, in a real beautiful way, like speak the truth into your body, mm-hmm. right? That, that you, that you can let go and he'll, he'll take care of you yeah. and, and that, that you can rely on him and that, that you can give it all to him. You can let, you can let go. Uh, so, so just the way that I just see like the Holy Spirit, like working in your life to, um, to bring this kind of like holistic healing, um, in the midst of a lot of these things that you, you could look back and say like, woe was me. Like all of this has been awful. Like my mm-hmm. life is just this string of trauma, <laughs> but like, but like in Christ's cross, like it's, it's a string of, of, uh, of redemption. Um, mm-hmm. I was recently, uh, reading a book that's going to come out uh, by Andrew Comiskey here in November. And he said, um, and in this book, he says, in the face of the cross, weakness becomes an occasion for further integration. Mm-hmm. In the face of the cross, weakness becomes an occasion for further integration. I'll put a link to the book in the show notes uh, mm-hmm. with all Sue's stuff too. But but just this idea that that with Christ, like all these difficult things don't, although although they do set us back and like it's it's hard, it's painful. There's mourning that needs to happen. There's healing that needs to happen. But they're all opportunities for big steps forward too. Right. You know, opportunities for healing for 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 an experience of truth. Uh, for a deeper relationship with him. Um, so I'm curious of what, um, oh, wait, you said there were three little stories. I interrupted you after the second one. Oh, yes. So, yes. So the, the third story is mm-hmm. another really beautiful um, guidance or a, a comfort that God gave me because When I was trying to get into physical therapy school, I had a very long journey, probably three years if you look at it, because back in those days, physical therapy was a three-year undergrad, two-year master's, so you could do it in five years, but you had to apply as a sophomore to get into that, and I didn't get in as a sophomore. I thought, well, I'll try it as a junior. I didn't get in, so I was like, well, I guess all these physical therapy prerequisites, I'm going to have to become something for my undergrad. I'll just declare psychology. So I, I picked that as psych major, did a ton of papers my senior year, applied it. And then, and then all the programs transferred to a five plus three year program. Hmm. So then I'm looking at, okay, now I have to get my master's as a three year, you know, after post um, bachelor's. So I, um, I applied and of course to all these master's programs as a senior and I didn't get in. Hmm. I was on the wait list and I was distraught because I thought this God, you, you know, I know you want me to be a PT, right? Like, isn't this right? And, um, I was on the wait list for two schools and what seemed like an eternity was only three months of waiting because, um, yeah, I got to experience, um, I guess probably the week before my, my 18th birthday, I was driving to go visit my boyfriend at the time. And I was listening to a mixtape of Christian music that I had made. And one of the songs was sing- singing, the singer was singing, take the time out to do what I want you to do. And I was like, huh, what does that mean? And then I heard again, something, um, take care of my children. Hmm. Now I went back and I listened to those songs 
And nowhere in there was those words later. <laughs> so it was kind of like God had just somehow done this weird thing, <laughs> which yeah, he's totally capable heart. of doing. But I, it, it gave me the opportunity to take the time out and listen and really trust and be like, what? What is it you want me to do? Take care of your children. And, and to me, it meant you're on the right path. You need to um, trust, take time out, be calm, be, you know, faithful. And then I do want you to take care of be a pediatric physical therapist. And that indeed was able to happen because on my 18th birthday, I was working at the pool as a lifeguard and I got a phone call back in the day. So it's a landline ring, ring. I had to get off the stand. And um, my mom's told me that the school that I ended up going to had called and I was on, I was in. (laughs) So, So, you know, God made me wait, but I did get to have what eventually was, I feel like a miracle because I was not a very good student. (laughs) I just really, um, I struggled a lot in school and learned after the fact, after my um, third child was diagnosed with ADHD, that maybe that was what I had to, (laughs) that doesn't fall far from the tree. So um, I went through grad school struggling with ADHD, not knowing it, but um, I did make it through. I did graduate. I passed the bar, made, you know, got to get my license and it was all downhill from there. That was the easy part was working. <laughs> yep. yep. So I'm, I'm curious, hearing your story, where does SoulCore come into the story? Because yeah. that was our original connection. Yes. Yeah, so I was able to go on this retreat, this women's retreat with a friend who was from Texas. And that's where the retreat was. It was a Catholic women's retreat. And Colleen and Deanne, the founders of SoulCore, were there offering a SoulCore class. Mm. And I was able to attend that class. And it was packed. I'm talking wall-to-wall women. And out in the hallway, Colleen had to go out in the hallway and offer a class for those women. Well, (laughs) Deanne was in the main ballroom type room. So We had a lovely experience, my friend and I, and we loved it so much. This mix of physical, she's an occupational therapist, by the way. So Mm. (laughs) the physical movement and the spiritual movement and, and then the rest, and that's that take the time out, you know, that part of the, the conversation that God had with me, that rest was where I was really feeling called from my busy rushing lifestyle. And it spoke to me so much that we each bought the DVD. And even though she lived in Florida and I lived in North, in uh, Atlanta, she and I would call each other every Sunday and do soul four together with the DVD. <laughs> so I was not an instructor yet. I knew that I wanted to become an instructor, but to do that, you had to travel somewhere to do this retreat to learn. And there was none that worked with my life, like busy three mom of three boys and their sports and everything. So come to find out during COVID, Colleen and um, Deanne offered an online retreat to Mm. become formed as an instructor. So I was able to take that first opportunity. And um, because it was COVID, I was able to learn how to um, lead SoulCore and help women in my community 
either online. I offered a Lenten challenge where I did a decade a day on my website for Special Settings PT, and they could participate that way for 40 days, or they could come to my back deck, which was outdoors, six feet apart, very you know safe <laughs> for um, for exercise and of spiritual and um, physical wellness. So that was a huge blessing to me. I gained so much from being able to offer that and be in a community of other women. So and now I offer it at, at church now that the pandemic is less severe. So I can do that in person in uh, indoors now. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that like prayer element and also like the rest element in soul core. Yeah. I think that's the, the beauty of, of it is a lot of the balance. What was like, what was your exercise life like before that? I'm curious. Yeah, so I had been quite the exercise fanatic with um, my, from, from, you know, all the way high school through, I would say my mid 30s to late 30s, um, doing anything from boot, boot camp to CrossFit, um, triathlons. I ran a half marathon on my 40th to just prove that I could do it. Hmm. I was very into fitness. I exercised every single day. I even did the silks, which is like aerial arts. <laughs> you hang from the ceiling and twirl around. And I love that. Um, but I was still rushing around. I still was always trying to fit all the pieces in and, um, I didn't discover SoulCore until much, you know, later in life. And I had actually gotten another autoimmune diagnosis, believe it or not, of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I was just had, had to take a look at my life and how, you know, I was overworking myself um, to the point of exhaustion and it wasn't healthy. And my body started... Um, hitting those later 30 years where I think maybe it could have been a combination of perimenopause plus the, um, the Hashimoto's, but I was not able to maintain my weight. Um, and again, that was very important to me. So, um, I was pretty stressed out about that and my, I started gaining weight here and there and it, I doing the weight watchers technique wasn't, wasn't cutting it. So I had to learn something else. And I was blessed to meet my coach. Um, she was a personal trainer who did these um, kind of like hit training court classes in her, in her gym with a bunch of other moms. We'd drop off our kids and there was a babysitter there. It was great, great little community. Um, but she started introducing me to, she also had gluten sensitivity and also went to the same doctor that I went to to learn about celiac eating. And um, she told me about this ketogenic paleo diet. And I was very curious. I learned about it and I saw how lean she was, but I knew that I had an eating disorder history and I didn't want to go overboard. But she, she guided me through with, you know, promised me she would not let me lose too much weight because <laughs> I could see how lean she was. She was very, um, very, very fit crossfitter. And, you know, um, I had a obese quote unquote percentage of body fat, believe it or not. <laughs> um, 
And then I was able to, with the keto diet or lifestyle, lose down to be an be an athletic um, body fat percentage. So it really worked. It was very motivating. And I felt so much better um, because I didn't have to work out so much. Like it was all, I'd say 75%, it was the diet. It was just not eating the processed foods, even though they were gluten-free foods, I was eating sugary, yeah. um, you know, rice flour, or potato flour, or something like that, instead of just nuts and meat and good healthy fats and fibrous vegetables and fruit. So, mm. um, so I learned how to really eat that was like for my body, it worked amazingly well. And I just yeah. lost so much weight and I felt so great. So, um, so that was how my, uh, my, my exercise turned into more of a rest. <laughs> and I, I, I obtained a spiritual director who taught me about centering prayer. And it was really hard for me to sit because what I like about soul core is the movement part keeps me awake. Cause when I sit, I might fall asleep because I was rushing around so much. <laughs> I was tired. Um, and, and ADHD brains need to have that constant movement to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Cause when I took the test for ADHD, I fell asleep literally during the test. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> so anyway, what the rest part of the soul core, just to tie it back in is every, after every decade, you get to just sit or lie down and hear a reflection on the Bible or a saint or something. And just meditate on that virtue of that mystery. And it just really spoke to me to have that rest time built in, but it was just like, you know, a few minutes and then you can move again. And then you can, yeah, it's like my attention span was, was good for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as I'm hearing all the facets of your story, like my, my sense is that like the Lord has been equipping you. Um, like as you're talking, it's like, God's given you a full spectrum of tools, mm -hmm. you know, like you have your own experience of overcoming an eating disorder. You had this sort of delay in your PT track. So you had the education in psychology, then you had the, the education as a physical therapist, but then also all this exercise experience. You have these shifts that you've had to make in your own diet to maintain a healthy weight. And then also to address now these different autoimmune conditions that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just thinking of what, it's, it's, it's a lot of struggle, but on the other hand, you also now have this like full spectrum of tools. <laughs> um, so I'm, I just want you to share with the audience, like you have this, um, at your, your website, special settings, PT, you have sort of all the different things that you offer from the physical therapy to the other, other modalities that you work with. But then you also have this online community called the Holy Healed Community that's available there. And then you offer this course, an eight week course called the Keto Shift. Um, so I want you to, if you, could you just share a little bit about like now how you're like bringing all these tools to bear, um, in this community and really this, what you're passionate about, um, of helping, you know, other, other women kind of in their middle age to older ages to like address all these really common issues that people deal with. Yes. Cause as I started getting, you know, onto my thirties, forties, and now believe it or not, my 50, I'm, I just turned 50 in June. So um, I, all these women, you know, come to me and they say, you know, how do you, how do you stay so fit? Like, I want your arms and how, you know, 
what do you do? And I'm like, it's all mostly diet. And I want to help them. I want to, but um, it's hard to, you know, to fit what I do into like one little elevator speech. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking, how can I do this for, for women? And so I came up with this Holy Healed community where you can have a year membership of my coaching through whatever struggles you have, whether it's the gain of weight through perimenopause or if it's an autoimmune condition, whether you need to eat a more anti-inflammatory diet or if you need to just do um, paleo versus keto, whatever it be, I'm there to hold your hand all the way through. And there's a course that I have called the Keto Shift, and it's called the Shift because it's not a diet. And I don't want people to think that like they have to eat keto all the time or anything like that. But it shifts your mentality from thinking food is entertainment and fun to food is nourishing. And food is, it has a purpose and it can heal you. And that whole thing, you are what you eat is so true. And it, it brings you, brings people back to the roots of like how we were designed to be. And it has a spiritual component. It has an emotional component. You know, all the things that I've learned through my lived experiences, I offer tips and tools and techniques and, you know, how to change your habits and how to do it very step by step, very methodically. And it's, and it's possible because we're all together as a community of women. You can't do it alone. I mean, it's just, you could, I suppose. But with God's help and with one another, we can support each other, journey with one another, build each other up. And, and you know, what works for one person might not work for another. So, you know, they can gain from each other too. You know, my exact method may not be the only thing that works for someone else. So I, I formed this community um, where they can ask questions of me. Um, I can answer them in the coaching, the live coaching calls. Um, you know, they can just, uh, join forces, um, off of a public platform like Facebook and do it within this community that I've, um, I've formed. They can communicate privately and safely. And, uh, it's, it's just such a wonderful environment to be like wholly healed. And I, I call it that that's the tagline, like a wholly healed woman is someone who's Holy, like H-O-L-Y, like Holy Spirit, but whole, W-H-O-L-E. So it's whole. You're a whole person, body, mind, soul, spirit, everything. I address every single portion of what makes us who we are and that feminine genius so that they can be the best versions of themselves. Yeah, I I think it's important that it happens in community. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like you said, you could maybe do it on your own. But is that really whole? You know, like I think from the beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we, we sometimes get it like flipped on its head. We think that we live lives where we're alone and then sometimes we connect with others. Mm-hmm. But I think we're exactly the opposite is what the case should be, is that that default, we're connected. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how we come into the womb. We, we come into the world connected to our mom. Right. Then we spend that first period of life um, we, we need to be connected to somebody else. You know, like there's been studies of how 
how um, negative it is just for a baby not to be held. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then when we're designed to be always connected to God. Um, so, so we live with this illusion that, that we're fine if we're alone. Um, but like I said, that's just, that's an illusion. Like, like to be human is to be connected. Right. And if we're in a disconnected place, it's, it's dehumanizing. It's, it, 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 it's damaging for us. Um, so I love that the approach is, is one of entering into a kind of community together where you have both kind of like a coach, but then you also have like the, like other people that you connect with. And, yeah. and a lot of times that's just as powerful as receiving from a teacher is, is oh. learning with the other students, you know? Oh yeah. And I find through doing women's Bible studies that that is, it's so powerful when two or three are gathered together, it, it is it's just magic. There's something, I mean, I mean, not magic, but magic, but you know, it's, it's a miracle, like how things yeah. happen when, when there's more, more than just, you know, one-on-one -on -one even. And, um, yeah, the, the community aspect is so important. I, I needed the community when I was down and out, people were there for me and I just really want other people to be able to have that too. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, Sue, thank you so much for sharing your story on the show. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people in the audience are going to be able to connect with, with a lot of your struggles. And also like just that, like on the surface, you probably look like the perfect all-American girl in so many ways. But then all this stuff that was happening under the surface and how the, the Lord has so, just so gently and, and lovingly like led you through this journey. Um, and now that you are building up the church by, by like sharing that experience with others. So, so if anyone that wants to connect with you, go to specialsettingspt.com. We'll have links in the show notes, the Holy Healed community that you can be a member of for a whole year, or there's the Keto Shift course if you want the specific eight-week course that she offers. And you can find on her website all the, the beautiful ministries she offers, both in her local community, but then also to anyone who wants to connect with her virtually. So Sue, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for being a part of Physically Spiritual. Every moment of the show you've watched, know that I'm grateful that you've given your time to this. I'm so passionate about the message that I'm trying to share, and I'm excited about the future of the show. So thank you for every like, every view, every watch, every follow, every comment, every rating you give in the show. And a special thank you to all you that are already members of the Awakened Nation. So thanks again for supporting the show.